Welcome to the Film Coterie. I'm Roger. And I'm Adam. And it is great to be back podcasting, and hopefully on a regular basis, Adam. We're going to try. Movie theaters are opening back up here, at least in Ohio. Uh, Things have been moving in a positive direction with the coronavirus as far as vaccines are rolling out, we're seeing cases drop, health mandates are starting to roll back, and most importantly to us, we had an actual in-person Live screening. We were in a theater. Wasn't that great? I mean, I, know. I haven't. <laughs> go ahead. I haven't been in a theater since uh, I think my last theatrical film was The Hunt back in uh, February 2020. Yeah, and I went and saw Tenet in the short three or four weeks that the Gateway Film Center was open uh, in December of 2020. But before that, it was March or maybe February before I saw a movie actually, before we screened something in the theater. So. Yeah, it, you know, it was surreal to go back into the theater because there was literally no one. It was empty. Now, and granted, this is a Tuesday night. It's a Tuesday night. I get it. It's not a Friday night or Saturday night. But it was. It felt good to go into the theater, climb up the you know the steps, and get in your seat. Back in the saddle. Back in the saddle, and you know we there was only probably six or eight press there. Yep. You know. Yeah. No guests. I mean, yeah. it, it was just press. But it was great. It was good to to be back in the theater, and and I'm excited to get back podcasting, and uh, uh, maybe we'll start doing some video reviews too. We'll have to see how much time we have, and we'll have to work on our. We were in a good flow for a couple three years there, Adam. We were flowing yeah. in this podcast. And then a whole pandemic happened, <laughs> but the gears at Film Coterie are turning once again. So we're yep. we're optimistic here. Absolutely. So tell your friends, family, and neighbors. That we're back and uh, share the podcast and, and let others listen and and become a part of our film coterie, our, our group of folks that love film. And uh, we see everything, really. You know, we are, for those of you who are listening for the very first time, we are a general movie podcast. As a good example that we were sitting there tonight before the movie started, we're, we're seeing Spiral. That's one of the movies we're reviewing in this episode. So that's a horror film, obviously. But Roger and I were both talking about how excited we are to see In the Heights, which is a musical yeah. coming out this summer. So our yeah. range is eclectic. Absolutely. And so we're hoping every week or every couple weeks as we get more screenings come and we have, you know, I think we'll talk about some movies that were supposed to be in the theater that are now releasing video on demand. Uh, Our second feature for the night will be one of those, you know. And that's Uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines. And that's on Netflix. Yep. And so we'll talk about it as well. But yeah, it's just good to be back podcasting. Hopefully, those of you who are were subscribers are still subscribing, and you'll be like, oh, it's not a best of 2020. It's an actual real podcast <laughs> yes, for 2021. Yes. Episode 89. We had to look that up. <laughs> but we're inching closer to the big 100 here. Yes, we are. Absolutely. So we're going to try to get some content content coming to you as often as we can. Uh, what else has been happening, Adam? Well... Uh, As we start going back to the movies, Roger and I have looked ahead to some films that are coming out this summer. Now, each studio is doing their own thing. Um, As you're probably aware, Warner Brothers is releasing all of their theatrical films day and date to their HBO Max platform and in theaters. Disney is sort of sticking to a hybrid model where it'll be in theaters and also at home for a premium price. And then there's other studios like we saw tonight with Lionsgate that are are sticking to the theatrical model. Um, a Quiet Place 2 is coming from uh, Paramount, I believe, and that's going to be, you know, theatrical short window. 
and then home on the new Paramount streaming platform, I believe. It might be yeah. rental first, but so it's it's a little bit hard to keep track of where to see the films. But we are getting back to an era of exclusive theatrical releases, which have been sparse right. throughout this pandemic. And, you know, because of that, we've we've had to see uh, Kong versus Godzilla on a, you know, OK, yeah, 70 inch screen, a bigger screen. And if you hear a clicking sound, we're not in my studio. We're in my kitchen where my dog is circling us, checking things out. He's on patrol. <laughs> so um, anyway, yeah, so so we're having to make some sacrifices, you know, because, you know, I guess we could have went to the theater, but it was still up and down at the time. And so I chose to watch it at home, you know, uh, Mortal Kombat, the same thing. Watched it at the house right. with the HBO Max. So you're losing a little bit with that, you know, 60-inch or 70-inch big screen experience versus what you get at the theater. Now, I will say this. A trailer came out today for A24's The Green Knight. This was one of my most anticipated films of last year. It did not release. It is coming this summer in July, I believe. And the new trailer is fantastic. This is a movie that hits just all the boxes for me. It's a fantasy tale based on an epic poem of Arthurian legend of Sir Gawain versus the Green Knight. Uh, David Lowry's at the helm of this one. It has a lot of magical, fantastical imagery. The story looks very engaging. And this is for sure a theatrical experience from that trailer. Yeah, absolutely. This is something we're going to have to see in the theater uh, to get the full experience of what that's all about. I had not seen the trailer until you pointed it out to me today. And it is, it does. It hits all those buttons of things that I, I love Great, fantastical elements. So we'll see. We'll see. You know, it's going to come out this year in the theater, and I'm excited about it. And again, it's not just the bigger screen or the better sound. It's the experience of being at the theater where I think you can just let go and really sink into a film. You don't have the distractions at home. You don't have a phone going off or a microwave beeping or someone calling you. It's just you're in a theater in the dark, and you can just be fully absorbed by that film. And I think Green Knight is one of those experiences you wouldn't want to miss out on that absolutely well i think it's time for us to jump right into our first feature why don't we take a little listen to spiral and when we come back we'll give you our thoughts you are listening to the film coterie Detective Banks, do you know where your officers are? Jigsaw? Wait, I thought the Jigsaw Killer was dead. He is. Hours, not days. How can I catch this guy? If there's nobody on the bus, I can bus! You can't do this alone. Whoever did this has another motive. Something personal. When was the last time you saw your father? Okay, we are back. And the first film on tonight's platter, or should I say trap, <laughs> is Spiral. <laughs> The yeah. ninth entry in the Saw franchise, 
with some fresh blood being injected into it with Chris Rock and Samuel Jackson, sort of pitching itself as a reinvention. It is not a reboot. Um, it takes place in this greater Saw storyline. But I will say, after viewing it tonight, I don't think any of the previous films are technically essential. I think this is a good starting place for people that are not familiar with the franchise. Yeah. Now, I can't say that I've seen all of them, but I've seen the majority of the Saw movies. And I, I don't know, Roger, have you actually seen any of these before? Yeah, full confession. Uh, I don't, we, we don't pretend here on the film coterie. I, I'm not a splatter horror. See, I, so when I saw the commercials for these Saws all, all through the years, I just assumed they were splatter horror fest films. And when it's done for comedic purposes, I can enjoy that and go yeah. watch it. But I, I just was not attracted to any of the Saw films. But then I, you began to talk to me and you're like, well, there's a lot of psychological, moral, compass kind of things that these are based upon. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, but no, I have not seen any Saw film whatsoever. Okay. Now, they were slapped with the torture porn phrasing, branding, whenever they came out in the era of Hostel and everything else. And the traps are brutal. So if you're not familiar with the Saw franchise, the, the franchise opened with a killer known as Jigsaw, who would put people in these brutal traps, and they would have a chance to escape. But they would have to do something either terrible to themselves or terrible to someone else. And Jigsaw's whole plan was that this trap and this experience may correct their lives when other rehab processes may not. Um, as the series went on, the story became incredibly convoluted with tons of his apprentices and his underlings doing the traps because Jigsaw <laughs> dies at uh, some point in the right, franchise. Sure. I don't want to spoil which movie, but he hasn't been with us for a long time. So it's always been copycat Jigsaw killers and all these other films. Sometimes they would have traps he couldn't escape from. And it just went on and on through eight installments. And then they put pause on it because, you know, diminishing returns both in box right. office and probably audience anticipation for the films. So no, I was excited um, because this 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 new installment, Spiral, came about because allegedly Chris Rock had an idea, yeah. pitched the studio. That's what I was going to ask you. I I, I kind of had thought they put this franchise to bed, maybe, right. and it was over with. And then you said, no, Chris Rock wanted, he's a huge fan of the films and wanted to reboot it, bring it back. So, yeah, no one knew what it would look like. They brought back Darren Lynn Bozeman to direct. He had directed a number of the earlier installments. So they had, you know, someone that was intimately familiar with the franchise. Um, was this going to be a major reinvention? Was this going to be something unique? Um, I'll say we're, we're not going to spoil anything. We're not going to give away any of the real mechanics of the movie. We'll just say that in this film, Chris Rock is a detective. His father is Samuel Jackson, who was the former police of Chile, P chief of police. And we now have a jigsaw copycat that is targeting police. Right. Instead of addicts or criminals like we've seen in the other films. So it's still a whodunit, you know, just like all the other films. Who's pulling the strings? We know Jigsaw's not around anymore. So the rest of the film will kind of relies on some twists and turns and, and these traps. Are they creative? Are they redundant? Um, that's sort of what the Saw franchise rests on. Now, now, I'll say this, being cold and coming into it. I've not seen Chris Rock in some of the television stuff that he's done where he plays a more dramatic role. I think he said Fargo, he's in that. Yep. And, and I heard he's gotten great reviews and stuff. So I've not seen Chris Rock do a lot of serious stuff. But I will say this. Um, I mean, you know, I thought he did okay in the film. But I had to laugh because, like, John Wayne never played another character. He always played John Wayne. 
Chris Rock doesn't play a character. He plays Chris Rock at, in that role. Yeah. And so you get Chris Rock being a detective. Now, it's not, you know, he gets ticked and, and, and is serious at times. And he's very sarcastic, like his comedic bent is, you know. Um, and so, yeah, for, for what it's worth, if you're a big fan of Chris Rock, you're probably going to enjoy a lot of this movie because you're going to get him full-blown in that kind of role. Um, but for me, and then I'll let you kind of share some thoughts too, Adam. But for me, the, the movie just, it just kind of, I don't know if it was the editing. I didn't know if what it was, but it just seemed like they tried to compress. They kept trimming scenes, compressing, trimming scenes and compressing to make sure we hit that 90 minute mark for yeah. a horror film. The film is 90 minutes pretty much on the dot. Cause I, I just happened to look at my cell phone as soon as it was over and it was exactly 90 minutes. Yeah. And, and so for me, I would have liked a little bit more room for this film to breathe, to let me get into this world a little bit. I just couldn't do it. By the time I was just starting to, get engaged they were okay now we've cut we're going on to the next scene and yeah. it was a very you know frenetic pace let's keep this thing moving forward which just didn't work for me the film is definitely built like clockwork and it settles into a rhythm where you kind of have trap mystery trap mystery trap mystery and you you start to start predicting what's going to happen just based on the previous elements of the movie it does fall into that i will say that uh chris rock i thought was a lot of fun to watch in that I think his art could work in almost any movie. You take it out of Saw just because he's a cop that doesn't trust the other cops. Yeah. Something has happened in his past where he may have had to flag someone as a dirty cop and everyone's out for him. So he's a loner in the department and and just does its own as a drama that could have been a good movie. That's a good character arc. And, and Chris Rock carried the chip on his shoulder, I thought, particularly well. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I really enjoyed seeing him on the screen. And I would go back and see his next film, you know. I just don't know, you know, I like some of the psychological moral choices, but even I felt like having not seen the Saw movies, but heard, heard enough about the, 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 the way that they're set up that I, it just felt a little tired to me. Like, yeah. okay, I've not even seen a Saw film and I know moral choice, but you know, this is what's going to happen kind of deal. Yeah, there aren't a lot of surprises here. This isn't a major reinvention. This is the Saw franchise with the addition of Chris Rock and Samuel Jackson. We haven't talked about Samuel Jackson. He's Samuel Jackson in yeah. this film. He he shows up. He does what we want him to do. He's funny. He's charming. Even when he's supposed to be intimidating, it's still kind of the same Samuel Jackson charm in every scene. Um, but yeah, it's not that different from the other Saw movies, which is probably good for the fans. I mean, they would want something that feels you know, alike to the other products, but I was hoping honestly for a little more change. This was a, I think a chance to take the franchise and maybe a new direction, do something surprising. Um, and instead it's still more the same. Yeah. There's, there's just not a lot here. I mean, in the end, I'd have to say it was enjoyable. It was probably buoyed by my not being in a theater in a long time and watching a movie. <laughs> but ultimately I, I was disappointed in it. I was hoping for something more unique with what this opportunity I thought Chris Rock was bringing to the table for whatever idea he might have had for the franchise. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same way. I think maybe I enjoyed it a little bit more than it was actually probably... I gave it more value than I should have because I'm in a theater for the first time in months and months and months. So I was just so excited to be in a theater, you know. But it was a little underwhelming for me. Um, I, you know, I, having only seen a, a small, slim percentage of the horror films you have... 
when I can pick the beats out and I know when the jump scares are coming. Yes. That's not necessarily a good sign for anybody that's just hardcore horror fan. But if you're Saw fans, you'll probably get some enjoyment. If you're Chris Rock fans, you'll probably get some enjoyment, you know, so... Well, let's talk about the brutality here, because, I mean, Saw movies are known for these nasty traps. Um, I will say some of these traps felt kind of tame um, compared to previous installments. Okay. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> that tells me a lot right there. The, but, yeah, they, they were a little more tame than I was expecting. They're still, you know, plenty brutal and nasty, but it wasn't anything all that surprising with the traps. Well, I know then I should not watch the other Saw films because there were a couple times I had parts of my body that were getting twinges and and I, I'm reaching for them to go, oh, oh okay, you know, uh, <laughs> this is tame. I don't know if I want to get involved in the other Saw films. Yeah, and one other kind of interesting thing, I don't trust. The, I don't think they trusted the audience a whole lot because there, there seemed to be a lot of flashbacks to point out obvious things in case you'd forgot what happened 10 minutes ago. So I don't, yes. that felt like studio notes, and maybe it wasn't. Yeah. But studio execs are famously worried for well, the audience losing the breadcrumbs. you know, with cops being hunted in the very first minute, you see the first person who ends up in a trap who is a cop, and three times before he gets caught, you see him flash his badge. Yes. And I was like, really? I mean, come on. <laughs> but then we start flashing back to things that just happened 20 minutes ago or five minutes ago. Yeah. So it seemed like they didn't really trust the audience to pick up some of the breadcrumbs that they yeah. left earlier in the film. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, final thoughts on, on, I started to call it Saw, on Spiral. Spiral from the Book of Saw is officially the title, I believe. Um, we got a lot of horror coming out here soon. Obviously, A Quiet Place 2 is just around the corner. There's yep, more coming wait. out on Shudder. Um, we're all very excited, I know, for Candyman this fall. But, you know, I, I'd i say if you enjoy any of the Saw movies, you're, you'd are you be fine to go see this one. You might be a little disappointed. You might have a good time with it. We're curious to hear your thoughts on this. This is one yeah. I, I don't know that's going to be divisive, but, you know, I, I think people could obviously like it more or less than we did. So definitely, if you check it out this week and let us know what you thought of it. Absolutely. Well, that's going to wrap it up for Spiral from the Book of Saw. Uh, our next film, The Mitchells versus The Machines, it is kind of the polar opposite spectrum, you know? A family-friendly animation. <laughs> and uh, it's currently on Netflix. Why don't we listen in a little bit? On, let's just listen in a little bit uh, on, on the movie, and when we come back, we'll give you our thoughts. This is The Film Coterie. The Posies are on vacation right now, and look how happy they are. Family yoga break. <laughs> Why are you so obsessed with the posies? They're just our neighbors. They're just so perfect. I mean, even their dog is in better shape than ours. <laughs> what are they feeding that thing? Other dogs? Lynn, don't worry about them. Look at them. They're jealous of us. Right, Katie? <laughs> I see you moping back there. But what at your college could possibly be better than this? We set up a slip and slide in the dorms. It's amazing. This is the best day of my life. I'm making lifelong bonds. I'm missing everything. Come on, hon. Your father is trying. Let's meet him halfway here, huh? What do you say? That's the law. Mom law. Because I'm the sheriff. <laughs> All right, and we're back. And uh, our next film that you just heard a little bit from is a Netflix release called The Mitchells vs. The Machines. And i got to be honest, this was kind of off my radar, Adam, initially. I was listening to another podcast, a kind of a tech cast, 
and they were going into all of the work behind this film. Some of the same guys that did uh, into the into the multiverse, the Spider Verse. Lord and Miller. He, yeah, Lord and Miller had has worked on this, and they used some incredible. I guess there's some incredible visual techniques they used that they brought to this film as well, and and it was very noticeable. I have a 4K uh, high def TV, and and I could see it. But anyway, the Mitchells versus the Machines. Um, feels like something that Pixar would put out, maybe kind of that you know, a little more demented than Pixar, a little more demented than Pixar. But it's basically a messed up, non traditional family that doesn't have their stuff together, like every family, like every family. Like, I, our fa- I, we watched it with our whole family, and we could all laugh and totally relate to this film, you know. Um, they are the last surviving humans of a robot takeover. And so, yeah, that's the Mitchells versus the Machines. What were your thoughts, Adam? So this landed on my radar because of social media. It, it really blew up on Twitter. Um, a lot of people I follow for their movie tastes were really enjoying it. Um, and then I saw that Lord Miller were involved, which piqued my interest because I've pretty much enjoyed everything they've ever touched. And the film will hook you in from the very beginning. Um, I still laugh because my, my four-year-old nephew, upon viewing this movie, there's a, <laughs> there's a joke two minutes in with a YouTube video of a gibbon making a certain noise that the dad, Rick Mitchell, makes. And just the fact that this makes my four-year-old nephew laugh so hard he'll fall on the ground. <laughs> I mean, it, it's the first movie I've ever seen get to him like that. My brother had shared a video with me of how funny he, my nephew thought it was. Well, I watched it with the whole family and a plus one. So we had five of us in the living room, and we weren't ten minutes into the film. And I look over, and my daughter is bawling her eyes out. <laughs> Because there's one of those heartstring scenes where there's a flashback with a dad and his daughter and all, and them her growing up and them playing together and him always kind of being there for her. And I was getting all welled up myself and I thought, what are you doing to me with this this animated feature, you know? But um, I, I really enjoyed this film a lot. Uh, fun. Uh, my whole family enjoyed it. Big thumbs up. They thought it was fresh. Th- they could really ever, you know, the Mitchells are every family in America. Yep. We all have some dysfunction going on somewhere. We're messed up some, we're a little different somehow, you know, and it was just so relatable. And I got to say, Danny McBride is so good. He, like we said it at dinner earlier, you made the comment, he should do more animated work, man. He's so good. And he's film. a great voice in this. Great yeah. voice. Yeah. Uh, the whole cast really does really well a great job with the roles. I mean, it's very natural performances and this is very much a dad daughter movie. Um, you got a strong female lead as a teenager, um, having the pull together and save the world. This is a road trip movie and it's just very, very funny. And what's kind of not unique about it, but ironic about, I guess is the word is that this is a movie that came out of Sony, which is big tech. Yeah. But they're kind of attacking bigger tech. By yeah. making Apple, I say Apple in quotes, the villain of this film. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of shots at, you know, how how much we are dependent upon technology to be connected, yet we are completely disconnected, you know, as this family was, as all of society was, you know. Um, and then there, well, you had to laugh, there was the neighbors, which on social media were the perfect family. Mm-hmm. And then even in real life appeared to be the perfect family, you know, that nobody could really relate to, you know, because all of their 
you know, it, there's, and I laughed out loud. There's one scene where it shows all of their, their Instagram, Twitter photos, and they're perfect. And then it shows the Mitchells, and they can't get a picture to save their lives, <laughs> yes. you know? Yep. And there's lots of uh, funny sidekick characters. There's two robots that kind of steal the yes. show as sidekicks. Um, I will say this movie probably tends towards older children. Um, I don't know that younger children would be in as engaged with it, but middle school and older would, I think, attach to this family and, and recognize a piece of themselves and this characters, you know, about having to find each other and maybe not understanding each other. And just the point of understanding where each person's what? coming from yeah. is really the point of the film. Yeah. And I just appreciate the honesty of the family. They just seemed like a real sister and a real younger brother who... They weren't played as caricatures that hated each other. Yeah, did they get on each other's nerves, but they were also really good friends. And, and you know, she's an aspiring uh, film student, film, you know, director, producer. And he, with the dog, start, starred in all of their films. And, you know, so, yeah, I, I just appreciated the honesty that dad was an artist himself, but gave, gave some of that up maybe to help the family. There's, so there's some real, just some deeper themes and some honest themes that made me really connect to this film. And honest themes a good word for it because a lot of these movies with the animated films, it feels like they take their message and just nail it on the outside. It's not very deep. It's surface level. The message in this film is its heart. You know, it's it's authentic. It's honest. And, and because of that, it plays. It's not just thrown in there to be in there. This was the point the movie was trying to make. It also just happens to be a, a fun and thrilling ride throughout the, the, the whole film. Yeah, just just enough humor, uh, just enough making you know making fun of themselves yet, and then making fun of technology. Um, I don't know. It's just you know the best humor is always rooted in truth, and so there's a lot of truth in this in this film, you know. And so it was a great ride for me. I would highly recommend it to yep. to. You know, get the family together and watch it on a Friday or Saturday night. You won't be disappointed. Um, and, you know, it's it's just, it's a great ride. And visually, it is gorgeous. It's stunning in HDR. I, it, it, it literally, I am blown away how much better. I keep thinking they can't set the bar any higher. And then you see, like, this film. And there'll be times where you see, like, three different art styles right on the screen... And like shading they do around the edges of like characters to make it look like that's completely hand-drawn. Yet this is kind of like Pixar computer animation. Yet this is incredible background, high def kind of stuff. And then they use real photos mm -hmm. at times, you know, realistic photos. And it's like, okay, that works, you know. Yeah, it has a real distinct visual style that makes the whole movie pop. And especially in HDR, like I said, it's super colorful. Oh. Lots of stuff going on. Would have been great to see in the theater. Okay. So final thoughts on the Mitchells versus the Machines. Highly recommend. I, I tell almost anyone to check out this film. I was watching it by myself at home, and, and the Furbies in this movie made me laugh out loud <laughs> during the mall scenes. There's some very funny Furbies, including the elder one. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I laughed out loud as well. I'm with you, Adam. Highly recommend. Loved the film. Um, yeah. It's a big thumbs up for me. So... Well, why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back and do kind of our preview of what to look forward to in the weeks to come. You are listening to The Film Coterie.
right, and we're back, and uh, this is our coming attraction section, but it's really just kind of what's on the horizon with everything in the world going on, Adam. How soon will we be, will we be back into a theater? <laughs> uh, we're guessing our next theatrical screening will probably be A Quiet Place too, which a lot of people have been looking forward to. That was one that kind of came out of nowhere and surprised a lot of people. Um, built a lot of buzz. The studio was quick to bring the talent back for a sequel. And from the trailers, the sequel looks to be a bigger expansion into that world. Yeah, I'm very excited. I saw that in Florida while I was on a trip, and I think I called you right afterwards to tell you, man, what a great film this is. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, anything else you'd recommend or anything else to be excited about? I know Tenet is coming to HBO Max. Uh, I think you and I were really split on Tenet. We don't know if we have, did we ever actually review it on a podcast? <laughs> I don't know or if did, we did. Or did we threaten to fight on air live? We might that? have aired our grievances and differences during the best of episode. <laughs> but yes, Roger and I were opposite on Tenet, moving in different time streams. <laughs> As it should be. When we're usually on the same same flow with it but we were it's definitely, a rare disagreement yes and that's all right that's yep. what movies are all about so i know i would recommend if you have hbo max to go see tenant you you may shake your head and say what did roger put me through for two and a half three hours so <laughs> and i would just say there's lots of other stuff to watch on hbo max yes absolutely all right well that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of the film coterie adam how can folks connect with us we're super easy to find. You just use the handle at Film Coterie on the social media platform of your choice, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. We are there. Feel free to reach out. And we're also, if you just do Film Coterie, we are everywhere as far as iHeartRadio and, and all of the, the different iTunes and and uh, SoundCloud and all of them. Anywhere you get a podcast feed, if you just type in the Film Coterie, you'll find us. We're out there, and we're going to start working on some YouTube content here again probably soon. Absolutely. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. We'll see you next time on The Film Coterie.